From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. Parkport Studio here uh, this morning. You would say very humid Oxford, Mississippi. I think we get some rain it later today. It is it's a sauna outside right now. So just noticed that this morning, it's May third. Um, temperatures in the eighties most of the week. Still, really, we're just going to do a meteorology report today instead of talking about anything else. It feels <laughs> feels more palatable today for whatever reason. Uh, so we will. Uh, we're going to talk some collectives today. Some NIL. We're going to get into the landscape of college football and what it means in 2022. We kind of teased it a little bit yesterday. We will uh, potentially look at a 2023 mock draft. Is out from the Athletic. It's got a couple interesting SEC names in the first round of. Uh, of that, no midweek for Ole Miss baseball this week. Ole Miss uh, just playing Missouri this weekend. The Tigers and Rebels fighting for postseason positioning uh, in Oxford at Swayze Field. So that more on today's show, the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Blue Sky location, lunch specials, 569, two sides bread, 32-ounce drink. Also, uh, still trying to give you 10 bucks. You can do that by just headed over to any Blue Sky location in Mississippi, take a picture of the QR code there at the pump, or download the Exxon mobile app. It'll open up. Bonus points, a thousand of them. That equals ten dollars with the Oxford Exxon. Again, can we from the Clark Ford studio? We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. Six six two two five seven nineteen hundred is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within fifteen minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get the quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. I recommend that you do, and let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will love the product. You'll love the service. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy, and uh, they'll prove to you what that means when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Guests join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a uh, po' boy, a burger, uh, great appetizers. Uh, great beer selection, full bar, and more there at Rafters. Great place to hang out, watch the Derby on Saturday, yeah. watch some uh, watch some college baseball, some NBA playoffs, whatever the case may be. It's all there at Rafters and also Rafters in New Albany. Where, where do you fall in the Derby? Are you are you are you are you are you into it? Yeah, get I'll your watch, attention. I, I will watch the Derby, sure. And then whoever wins, I'll cheer for that horse in the Preakness. Just for the simple triple yeah. crown thing. And then if that horse wins the Preakness, then I'll probably get pretty into the Belmont. If the horse loses in the Preakness, the Belmont doesn't exist. If you were the – the Derby obviously is number one. But if you had to you – know, Sammy's probably really interested now for the next 30 seconds. If, if you had, though, to like be the CEO of either the Preakness or the Belmont, which one do you feel like is better? Because you potentially with the Belmont get the historic thing. But with the Preakness, you're guaranteed a chance every yeah, year. Yeah, it'd be the Preakness. To just the earlier the better to keep yeah. your. Well, I mean, I'm going to get odds are I'm getting the Derby winner there, so I've got a story. Yeah, sure. There's a chance with the Belmont, a significant chance, frankly, that my race is kind of only meaningful to race people, horse people. The average person give two craps about the Baffert stuff and affecting the sport moving forward from all the stuff. Nah, with the Derby winner, they don't do they? Just nah. give me the horse and let me win. Although we've had Triple Crown now, so. We're not doing that big, long streak anymore right. to where it says, 
No, the luster's kind of, we got it done. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So now it's a. No, our uh, attention spans in this pretty short. Fair. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Life says it's going to be bad. It's going to be a sloppy track, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. So you got to find out who's a good mutter. We do. Yeah. You got to really dig a little bit. Get 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 in there. Get in the weeds for the, <laughs> the for the for the derby. Uh actually, you know, Chet, I agree with you. He says up the thing says NIL fatigue is real. I, I I'm tired of it. I'm already and I feel like we're just getting started and I am I, I'm 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 getting not annoyed. That's not really the right word, but I'm getting a little burned out. A little frustrated in a way too, just because of the. I'm tired of the. I was gonna say almost like the sports media version of the blue check marks that continue to be incensed by what's going on, as in they didn't expect it. it be incensed, that's fine, because it's really stupid. But quit acting like it wasn't a known thing that was coming. We all knew this was coming. We all knew this is exactly what was going to actually come from this, or at least people with logical brain cells. So. That's the part that gets me is now figure out what you want to do about it. If you want to just go, hey, it is what it is. If you want to fight it, if you want to talk about ways to improve it or whatever. But stop acting shocked. You open up a free market that has a lot of loopholes available because the rules were written pretty flimsy, to be honest. There was lots of flexibility inside the rule hole, the rules. And then you're letting a country, one of the largest businesses in the world, frankly, in college football, have a lot of really smart, wealthy people figure out ways to skirt those rules. They're basically doing with NIL what they would be doing with tax codes or anything else to figure out advantages in different ways is all we're doing is we're moving over to this now. It's it's fascinating to watch. We're watching this experiment in real time. We're doing all these different things. But here's the thing. we got a lot of stuff here. I don't know. It doesn't appear the Addison kid has actually transferred, but it appears he is eligible to transfer. So... Whatever that, whatever that looks like. Is there a time frame on this? It's there is not a time frame to transfer. There was a time frame to get into the portal. Okay. And I guess he has done that. I, th- I'm reading all over Twitter this morning, and apparently he He's is eligible to do Again, I'm, I'm doing quick research, and nobody's acting like he's definitely staying at Pitt. Let's put it that way. Do you have to be in the portal by the end of May? Is that what it is? <sighs> it, was the be- it was the beginning, wasn't it? I thought that was basketball. I don't know. This is part of the problem. Baseball is July first, so maybe they're all July first. Nobody really knows the rules. Yeah, I don't know. I know because remember that was Plumlee's thing. He had to be in before July first to be eligible for the baseball season. Okay. So I think it's every sport. I think it's boring conference rules that change it. I think that's the rule. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. The overall thing is the same no matter what's going on here. But couple different things a lot of stories out today and we're going to talk about addison and pitt is kind of just the the poster child but this is happening all over the country it's in every school it's in every league it's all over so jordan addison is the wide receiver people who don't know is the wide receiver at pittsburgh who's a projected first round draft choice who has been targeted by uh, usc's collective correct and made apparent reports are he has been made a three million dollar plus a house offer yes to play one season at USC. That is correct. As a wide receiver. Which is legal. This is not a matter of legality. Everybody talks, keeps talking about legal. And I'm kind of tired of talking about legal. It, it, it is legal. So just accept that 
And then if you want to have some other conversations, which I do around that, okay, but it's not illegal. Well, you know where that comes from, right, is all of the coaches spent the year saying we can't use it as a recruiting uh, we can't use it as an incentive in recruiting. Sure. No, I get it. But here's the two loopholes to that. There are two of them. One, including Mississippi, and look, if you're in the NIL world, you need this rule to be in place, is that legislation in a lot of states, or at least some states, has been changed to where schools can work with alongside collectives, can talk about NIL situations. I mean, they're really, really loose rules on how universities can react in that. And... That's something, again, Mississippi's done, Tennessee's done. I would assume Texas has the way they're throwing all that stuff around, but I don't know that. But my guess is they're not behind the legislation in Texas right now. Feels like a safe hunch. Yeah, I feel like. Just just to guess. Um, And then I see all this tampering. Well, here's where it gets interesting, and this is what I told Neil right before we started the show, is that, look, Lincoln Riley contacting Addison and going, hey, look, come play with me. You're not in the portal, but, hey, just letting you know you got a spot. Here's the deal. Here's all these things, blah, 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 blah. That would be tampering. That would absolutely letter the law, any way you want to put it, is tampering. Okay, so May 1st. So he had to be in the portal um, already, and I guess he is. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, Randall to, says May 1st. Have to have their intentions to transfer by May 1st to compliance. Okay. So maybe even if it's not all the way through, they have to have started the process. Almost like a post-it, like a postmark date. I guess so. Okay. So, point being, though, is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, we got people on the stream, it's growing, is that the collective, however, at SC, it's called something, I forget what theirs is called, they all have catchy names, um, they can contact whomever they want. They're just a business, they're just a charitable organization in some instances, got some got some tax protection, they've got all of this different stuff sure. going on. They can contact the kid and go, hey, I just want you to market whatever. Because there's no, it's not like, I mean, look, we all know they are associated with, but it's not like the Grove Collective or One Oklahoma or Take Your Pick. It's not like they couldn't endorse kids at 20 schools. They're not tied to an institution. So in theory, the SEC, I mean, the, the USC NIL program or collective could pay a kid at Pitt if he wanted to. Hey, we're just interested in you. To do whatever this is you want to do. That's not tampering. They can contact whomever. They can offer them money. Now, there's an implied message there, but it's not tampering. It's not tampering at all. So it's not about legality. And maybe this is a hot take. It's what I was thinking about yesterday. I think the problem we have is when... And I, and I get that a lot of people in the stream are probably are hardcore college football fans. They're staying no matter what. They're interested in the drama or they're burnt out, but they have big NIL thoughts. But there's a large percentage, probably your middle 80%, I would guess. 80%? Or what I'm about to okay, say. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think it's the middle whatever percentage you're talking about. Is they could kind of just not throw the covers over their head, but you watch college football, you watch college basketball, and you just like the players and the teams, and you evaluated the recruiting class, and you didn't really want to get into how the sausage was made. You didn't want to get into how the money funneled through churches or how this happens or us describing booster networks and layers. They didn't really care. They just wanted to watch. The problem is NIL is so in face now, and these dollars are so big that we're saying the quiet part out loud. And we're screaming the quiet part to the point that college football, I believe, to a large 
segment of the fan base. Now, what this means, I don't know. We're not there yet. Okay. I think it's going to make it less palatable. I think it's going to kill interest. And I think if they don't find a way to put some sort of legislation on it, this is the beginning of the bell curve of college football dying as a sport. Wow. Not so that it's dead or whatever, but that so it drastically changes. So you're saying that the loss of plausible deniability. Yes. I think saying the quiet part out loud is a huge mental change for a ton of people. They go, hold on, this is stupid. And it's documented sure. now that my school can't compete recruiting-wise. We all knew the stories and the lore. Right. But it's different when you look up and go, well, hell, if I can't, I mean, if we literally can't recruit one of the top 250 kids in the country, then what the hell are we even doing? Well, and, and if you're, I mean, look, Pittsburgh was just in a um, New Year's Six Bowl game, right? They just played in the Peach Bowl? Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a good program. If USC can just come poach their first-round draft choice, and who can blame the kid, right, if he takes $3 million in a house, Matt? Yeah, I don't blame the kid. No. So, But if they can do that, well, then your program, if you're in that tier, it's never particularly safe. It's never particularly stable. What's to stop Texas from coming and getting the next Sam Williams right before his senior year? Hey, Sam, we know you have this – New, newborn son will take care of him. Here's $3 million in a house in Austin. Come play for the Horns. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're advising him as a human being, you'd go, you probably should take it. No, I think you're right. I think there was all, I think there was always those people when you would say, you remember it because we cover recruiting and stuff. People would say, what'd the kid get from, Alabama or Georgia or Oklahoma or whatever. I mean, even take N'Kobe Dean three years ago. There was still mystery about it, right? About was what it he really got. that? Was yeah. it really four hundred thousand dollars? Well, no, actually, it was two fifty plus a house. But sure. But they would go, well, prove it. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're still doing that with Cam Newton all these years later. Prove it. That's what Auburn people say. Yeah. Prove that we paid him. You can't prove that we paid him. And they're right. No one can prove it. Now you can prove it. Kids used to go out. I used to laugh about it in Alabama because every kid who committed to Alabama would say, you know, the reporter would say, what was it about Alabama? Oh, it was <laughs> just the traditions. Yeah. I, I, I loved all the tradition there. And it was like that was a talking point that was handed to them. Hey, when you commit, mention tradition. Well, now they don't even do that. Well, it's the best NIL deal. Alabama goes out in the transfer market and gets the kid from Louisville and Gets uh, the running back from Georgia Tech, and no one's even no one's even pretending anymore. You might be onto something. It might make it where it's a lot less palatable. And you're right. It, what the message that it sends to a lot of programs is, I guess I always kind of assumed we we couldn't compete at the highest level, but now I know we can't. Well, and the money has only gone up. That's what's crazy too. Is that. And Ross Dellinger has a huge story on collectives. It's worth your time. It's it's really long, so take take some time to to read it. Make a sandwich. Can you? Well, it's summarize? just it, it's discuss it's discussing this topic from the standpoint of how schools are skirting what's legal, what's legal, what's not legal. It's talking about essentially that everything forever coaches and boosters and that dynamic was weird and whatever. Now, essentially, the boosters are running college football. Because they are a necessity beyond all necessities. 
and that collectives and boosters and corporate and creativity through those different things has completely altered how the entire sport is run for the most part. Um, which schools are willing to go this far, this far, this far, this far to push legality to figure out this loophole and this loophole and this loophole. And then the other part of it is how do you stop it? What what happens? And I, I do think whether it be some sort of regulation, some this legislation. Is where you and, I, and when I say disagree, people go, oh, no, no, we just I just think we just see it differently. I think there's going to be well, I guess my point is maybe it's even revenue share. I'm not saying it has to be a cap. I'm saying, though, that if they don't do something to put a system on it, frankly, tighter transfer windows, several things to make it more organized. It's the, it's the, it's the bedlam nature of it that is almost one of the biggest problems right now. Sure. So if you could do anything to just sort of bring it back between the – well, I mean, Tim Skelton says they're SMU in the 80s. That's how he literally led the story was – Ron Meyer and those guys, and I've, I've read a lot of books. I'm kind of up on this and you think a little bit. He, that's exactly right. Everything they did then, the payroll to meet and the whole deal, that's what we're doing now all these years later. It's just legislated correctly at this point. They've got to do something to put an, or, an order around it. If you put an order around it, it becomes more palatable. If you put an order around it, people understand it. If you put an order around it, there's the ability to at least go, okay, well, this is how it works. Right now, there's no one way it works. It's anything freaking goes. See, this is, to me, the indictment on Mark Emmert more than anything else. And not just Emmert, but the whole NCAA. Sure. They had to know for at least, when did O'Bannon first pop up? 12, 11, okay, somewhere so, in there. So let's, let's call it. It's a decade Let's call it a decade plus. They had to know this was coming. It was inevitable. It was a train going down the tracks. They, they knew that this day was coming. And rather than addressing it in a pragmatic sort of way, rather than saying, hey, this is, even though we don't like this, this is inevitable, so we have to address it, let's form, let's do what we do best. Let's form a super commission and let's put guardrails in place. And let's announce that starting in three years or two years or four years or whatever arbitrary number that you come up with, we're going to have a system in place that legislates this, that controls this. They didn't do that. They kind of just buried their heads in the sand, fought in the courtrooms, lost every single time, by the way. I mean, there was all sorts of signs that – you're, you're, this is not a winning battle for you. And then everything converged at once, right? You had the COVID stuff. You had the summer of peaceful protest. All of those things. And instead of, hey, we're not ready to do this. Just, okay, here we go. We're going to launch it now. And there are no rules. And Pick your metaphor. The genie's out of the bottle. The toothpaste is out of the tube. I don't think there's ever – I think it's done. I think the damage is done. I don't think you can fix it. I don't think there's a real appetite on the part of anyone to fix it because to, quote, fix it, you have to come out in favor of limiting. And right now, that is a political no-go. You can't do revenue sharing because you get into Title IX. How the hell do you do that? Mm -hmm. Sure. That's – 
I mean, if you're sitting in a room. That would require football and basketball to 100% break off. And make the players yes. employees. Yes. Which then you got union. There's a lot. You're just. You're, yeah. You're fixing one problem to create 98 problems. Right. I don't think it's fixable. I think this is the new landscape. This is what we have. And I think. I think you. Do you remember when I told you that I talked to someone? I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. When you're I good. told you that I talked to someone really high up in college sports who said all that's going to happen with this is that we're going to change the names of the power brokers. Instead of it being Alabama and Georgia and Clemson, it's going to be Texas, Texas A&M, and USC. And son of a bitch, that is exactly who's dominating the landscape right now. It is. Yeah. A couple thoughts on that. We'll come back and do it in a second. First, about uh, Johnston Hill Creamery. Johnston Hill Creamery right off Molly Bar in Oxford. It's on White Oak Lane. Still time to get some Mother's Day orders in. You can see the Mother's Day menu at JohnstonHillCreamery.com or on Instagram at Johnston Hill Creamery. Dessert box, high tea tray, artisanal cheese box, chocolate-covered strawberries, and much more. So uh, give them a look. Get some local homemade items there at Johnston Hill Creamery. Again, that is Johnston Hill, 662-419-9201, or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, horseback riding offerings with trainer Susan Walt. There's just a lot there. They also have camp season starting at the end of this month. May the 30th is the first day of camp. So get in touch with uh, Susan and Bowers Cone and the people there at um, Southern Traditions. Message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Uh, Evan Dial and um, – sorry, my computer just glitched. Evan Dial and Daryl Oliver built Bell & Grove. It's a logistics provider out of uh, Chattanooga with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. Bell & Grove can navigate through supply chains while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rate possible for their customers. In addition, Bell & Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. Whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell & Grove can accommodate you. They also provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. For more information... Call Daryl Oliver at 865-672-6557. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers. From work to lifestyle to nightlife, there's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. It's 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And yesterday we told you about service specialist staffing and recruiting agency, how they can help you if you're on the job hunt. It's uh, also a great uh, device for companies who are looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent. 
Service specialists can help you do just that. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they also are available in Holly Springs on the square with Tyson Drugs, and they offer MedSync. Your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. Have what you need when you need it with G&M. Again, 662-236-2222. A lot of comments in the, th- in the thread about NFL salary caps. Those are collectively bargained when everybody's basically on even footing. That's the problem here is there's no way they to They have do a labor that. union. Yeah, They're all employees. There's, there's, there's no way to pull that off at the college level because you have such variances in what each program would want and could afford and the whole deal. They have employees. I mean, there's lots of reasons why that's not doable yeah, I, at I mean, that I, point. I, I guess it is conceivable that one day the SEC and the Big Ten – Add a few members and form a NFL Super League. But we're not there. But the number of attorneys that would be involved <laughs> in something like that is 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 difficult to mon- it's difficult to even put a number on. Here's the thing, and I'm say some of this almost as devil's advocate, and some of this I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Let's take Ole Miss for example. We're covering Ole Miss. I was scolding. Hold that real quick. Okay, go ahead. My last thing on that other thing, real quick, is what if we do this, and maybe we'll come into this after whatever you're saying. I think, and I get the negatives to this in a thousand different ways. I get this is a problem because in theory, I actually like the windows that exist. So maybe we're legislating to a minority that doesn't make sense. I would at least be willing to have an argument or a conversation about removing the post-spring transfer period. Or if you're transferring, you're only doing it in the off-season. I do think, and when I say offseason, I mean post-bowl prior to spring. Because I do believe that, the you know, I mean, all professional leagues, this is where it can overlap a little bit. They have windows. They have free agent periods. Sure. It would remove this thing now where it's – I don't mind there being a little bit of – okay, there's some problems with it because you've got a bunch of transfers coming in. You don't necessarily know how you're stacking up until you get through the spring and see some of these guys and – players making decisions based off what the roster looks like. You could not be in the portal, and on February the 18th, somebody they bring in somebody at your position, and suddenly you need to get out, and you'd have a really finite period of time to be able to do that. However, I don't hate kind of the Darwinism of, hey, you need to figure it out beforehand, and it's not our problem that you realize in the spring you don't have a spot. I'm, I'm, this is difficult because I agree with you. <laughs> I'm trying to formulate. <laughs> I'm trying to formulate the argument against that. Well, I mean, there are the, arguments. Sir. The argument against, just for the sake of the podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Chase, you're wrong. Yeah, this is like PTI. <laughs> Look, they don't disagree on every damn topic. Okay, they just choose a side. You're an go. idiot. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. No, I mean, the argument I think would be: Look, we're trying to make student athletes more like the typical student. And but, if but that, that you know, and I get that can's been so far kicked that well, okay, I agree. Great. I mean, again, I'm I'm just saying yeah. that's their. Their argument in terms of, look, if a student who's a student at Oral Roberts decides to transfer to Tulsa, he or she can. And they doesn't get $3 million, though, when they show up. I understand yeah. that. <laughs> he, 
here's the smart ass answer to that. Well, yeah. no one's stopping a collective no, from giving sure. that kid the money. Which get don't forget what you're going to say because I've got one more off to shoot here. And this is the other problem. This is actually if the the NCAA has no taste for this. The NCAA doesn't want to mess with this. They're they're, they're they they want to throw their hands up and ignore this. Well, they they they. In fairness to them, Chase, they're already overwhelmed with the stuff that they're asked to do, and now you're saying manage it all. Point being, and it's the biggest bastardization of what NIL was, I'm doing air quotes for the podcast listener, supposed to be, because we knew it wasn't going to be supposed to be, is that these collectives, and Ross talks about it, and the Grove Collective is part of this. I mean, it's created. This is not a negative toward them at all. It's actually a positive. Is that a lot of times the compensation element from play? Because look, NIL is you know, it, the way it's written in the books is quid pro quo. It's they pay me money, they give me things, and I provide a service or promotions, or I have goods that I'm selling, or there's something that's a two way street in that process. Well, they're just marketing the collectives. Yeah, nothing's happening. So, to from me, a that's fair market biggest, standpoint, to me, that's the biggest farce. Yeah, like from a market standpoint, the NCAA go, hold on a minute, three million for what? You're saying that that kid talking about, hey, give some money to the collective is worth three million dollars? That's the problem of we course. have here. Is that there's no quid pro quo? There's nothing from player to payee or payer that. Yeah, even I mean, gets close like, to. I mean, Nico Iamaliva's deal is just making some appearances. Go to an ice cream shop, talk to some fans for yeah, twenty sure. minutes. Yeah, a big speaking fee. I mean, well, he has eighty of those at one hundred grand a pop. It's I there. do wonder about return on investment. Right, if you're if you're a if you're a business, we get this all the time, right? When someone wants to advertise with us, hey, can you show us some analytics? Yeah, we can. They don't renew unless they get a return. Well, and there's investment. times where I'm 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 asked about ads, and I go, look, I'm going to be honest, I, I can't deliver on that. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to sell that product. Yeah, it's let's prob- let's stay friends. I'm probably I'm just not, telling you, I probably can't do not it. going to work here. Right. Yeah. And it's. It's where we get into is this functional year over year over year over year because whether it be play on field or investment back into their companies, because I think a lot of these, I'm completely making you not talk about whatever you want to talk about, is what am I getting? Is this worth it year over year? How am I seeing whether it be an emotional, personal investment or a corporate investment so you're going to have a fall off. You're going to have it trickle down stair effect year over year over year with with people deciding, hey, it's not worth it. I'm not doing it anymore. It's going to be hard to make this an annual thing to this level. So it will regulate itself to some extent. You'll have some come in too, but you'll have a lot fall off, I believe, for multiple reasons that we're talking about on return and investment. But in addition to that, what you've also done here, and the reason that I believe the money has gotten bigger is that Look, it was illegal. So there's a lot of people that didn't want to get into the illegal recruiting game. Sure. They just said, hey, look, I'm not about to put my name on something that's going to end up whatever. A scandal. So you've made the pool tons bigger. Mm-hmm. But those people that did want to be involved and have a lot of money like the with the Hathcock guy at Florida, I mean, he's all in. Yeah. He wants his name out there. You've got a lot of people now in corporations at these schools that are really doing it on a high level that it's an ego trip. They want to be the one, by God, I'm running Florida's recruiting profile. Suddenly, they're the face. Oh, can you imagine him on game day? So we're going ego to a point that that is what's increased the prices. It's now it's almost a bidding war 
for ego and overall Q rating for these guys suddenly at a at a at a, at a huge scale. So in Florida, inside win- their respective ecosystem, when Florida wins big, he's as much to be um, in charge as Billy Napier. He's he almost deserves a press conference. Yes, but there, can you imagine how many people are going to walk up to him on Saturday afternoon at at, at Florida Field and say, "Hey, thank you, you did it." You're the man. Everybody likes that. He's going to get all of that. What I was going to say a minute ago is I was going to take Ole Miss. Take Ole Miss. Take South Carolina. Take Kentucky. The typical sort of middle-of-the-pack schools in the SEC. Okay? Yeah, sure. When was the last time Ole Miss won a national championship in football? 63. Since, I don't know. Since then, how many years have they been – a legitimate contender for the national championship. Or, I mean, I don't know. I mean, five, yeah, people I don't still know. go. Yeah, sure. People go to the Grove. They go to tailgate. They go to see their friends, their family, old classmates, whatever, right? They still go. I would argue, and this is kind of devil's advocate, and it's kind of genuinely what I think when I hear all of the teeth gnashing. What's changed? You go from not really being a contender to still not really being a contender. But all the things that make college football attractive really are still there. If you boil it now. Sure. Yeah, I don't know that the ecosystem of wins and losses changes at all. So the stuff that makes college football attractive... Parity has never look. What makes the NFL attractive? Parity. Parity. Yes. Uh, gambling. Parity. Stuff. If you're a Good Panthers, product, if you're yeah, a Panthers sure. fan today, you're going okay. Hey, we have a chance that we got a quarterback on a rookie scale deal who's going to be our guy, and we're going to be able to build around him. Our time's coming. The Saints' window's closing. The Bucks' window is closing. Their quarterback's a geriatric. That it's coming. The draft sets it up. Look at Carson. Carson's a big Oklahoma City. I'm not supposed to talk about my family anymore. If you're a big Oklahoma City Thunder fan, yes. If you're a big Oklahoma City Thunder fan, right now you have a chance. Even though you're in a small market, you've got a chance to get back to the playoffs quickly because of the way the draft works. Parity. You got there before. They were in the Western Conference Finals in 2016. If you're a Memphis fan today, you're super excited about your future because the system is set up to promote parity. The ping pong ball landed just right, and you got John Morant, right? Yeah, sure. You don't have any of that in college sports. You've never had any of that in college sports. So if you're an Ole Miss fan, maybe you go into a certain season – like last season, you go into the season going, you know, we could be a playoff team. And sure. But there have been lots of seasons where if you're honest about it, you're like, there is a zero chance that we're winning the national championship. We're not getting to the Super Bowl, if you will. But yet we're coming because we go to the Grove on Saturday and that's when we see sure. our friends or whatnot. But there's several decent comments here, a couple in text that I've gotten and a couple on the stream too, is – 
there is something to a lot of people that it is not as this is said in the stream from BWL. It's not as attractive if you know the kids have zero loyalty to the school. They could convince themselves prior to this they had loyalty. Yeah. Right or wrong, they could convince themselves. Sure. Somebody said earlier in the stream, even though we knew they didn't, you could say that player went to Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Tennessee for the same reasons I did. Yes. We share a reason that we are at this institution with these colors on. You know what I mean? Yes. Also, in college football, and now this doesn't necessarily change, so this is kind of both sides of the same point, it's not even about the national title. We've talked about this forever. One of the reasons why college football is successful is at the beginning of the season, the landmarks are different for each program. Of course. Six and six might be a huge success. Eight and four, nine and three, Sugar Bowl, those type of things. Well, those still are theoretically attainable for the most part. Sure. But I do believe what this has changed, and I got this, and I believe this, a couple things. To the last topic, in the text I got, said college athletics had mostly moved away from the ego guys. Now they're right back with them. That's true. A lot of those dudes had kind of become the Neville Shapiro kind of people where you went, got to be careful. You're, 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 Cause look, the secret of the great layers and the, the underhand recruiting is quiet. Nobody talks. Yeah. One of the biggest things that will get you in underhand recruiting or under the table, black market recruiting is whips, loose lips. I mean, we'll get you power, ostracized. The power of the Alabama network was that nobody talked. Nobody really knew the echoes. The red elephants are pretty quiet. You knew it was there, but you really could never find it. Yeah. And then what it comes down to, and another text I got, I admit, I agree here completely, is hope. Sure. Do schools still have hope? People go to games to be competitive and to have hope that even if it's a going to move up, even if it's something that's going to take a little time. It's it's why people love recruiting. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's, that quarterback's our lifeline, our chance. We sure. get this class. It's a whole different sport. Sure. Does this make it where when people go to games on Saturday, they have less program hope because of these things? And I think all those emotional elements combined create a problem where – Oh, sure. Look, maybe it's not like what I'm saying and it's the end – like I said, college is not dying over this. I don't really want to be hyperbolic. But – Look, there's a lot of money running through eyeballs right now. They need eyeballs. We lose 15%. 15% a big freaking number. And I don't know if that's realistic or not realistic, high, low, anything else. But it's that type of element to this where you're screwing with people's heartstrings. You're screwing with people's reasons that they have an emotional connection to a sport that is as emotional as any sport in the world. And when you do yeah. that, you are creating a negative and a problem for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I 100% get it. I just, there's just a part of me that sometimes hears a lot of the, oh God, it's dying. And I think. Because it feels very hyperbolic. It feels really hyperbolic because you're still going to have parents weekend, right? You're still going to have dad's weekend, mom's weekend. Um, You're still going to have homecoming. You're still going to have the class reunion, the class of 1995. Yeah, but but we've seen those crowds at 28,000, not 59,000. I know. That's not putting the asses in the seats all the world. That's not filling up your bars on a Saturday. I will say this. Here, making it localized for a minute. Yeah, sure. The one thing I think Lane Kiffin wants to not do is press the flesh. And you wonder if this almost forces that. A little bit, especially with people who've got the resources to make a difference. But I keep coming back. I can't remember who it was in the thread. 
about ROI. If I'm running a business, it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense if it's an emotional decision. So I'm only doing it if it's going to boost my ego or make me just happier, right? Yeah, if I enjoy game day more because I think it leads to winning in some way. Right. No, that's it. I mean, I I, I got another text that said the vast majority of emotional investments are at the, the vast majority are emotional investments at this point. 100%. It's all because they are tied to a school and go, I want to help. It's not because I'm going to go into my shareholders meeting and go, guys, listen. I'm paying Derek Stingley, and look what he's going to do for you guys. He's in – come on. Like, you couldn't even begin to have that argument. Right. So, no, it's it's a business – it's idiocy from a business standpoint. I mean, I – Sammy has an interesting point here. He says, face it, NIL has become college football's hot stove league. Bet you the average college football fan is loving it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the. I think the the college football observer is loving it. I do not believe the really hardcore emotional fan is loving it, except at these schools. I mean, you know, look, you're, and this is done a lot for media purposes. Like, I'm not saying whatever, but look at. Okay, this is a little hard because I know he's not, and I know he's doing it for a purpose. But okay. just stick with me for a second. It's sure. going to take a little bit of nuance. Colin Coward won't shut up about how great it is because SC's blah, 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 and how Addison, and he's been going on and on. A, he gets my nerves because he doesn't know shit about college football, but suddenly he's an expert because he's a USC fan. Uh, but two, A&M's going to be all about it. SC's going to be all about it. Those schools at the top or whatever, but those schools aren't carrying college football ratings numbers on a Saturdays. They're not carrying the reason the sport is successful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you can convince yourself it's great if it's working out for you. That's life. But at the same time, that's not a large enough percentage to actually influence college football to whatever degree we're saying or not saying at this point. I do wonder what it does. We're obviously covering an SEC team that plays in the SEC. So everybody that, you know, every team that Ole Miss plays, with an exception, I guess, Vanderbilt, they're pretty invested, right? So we're going to see still a pretty decent level of competition oh sure yeah, yeah, yeah you know and buy-in i mean they're 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 excited in columbia south carolina right now you know i mean but i do wonder like what does it do what does it do to that next level down your group of five that now you're just the minor leagues officially now you can't keep your player you get a good player he's gone you're Tulsa. You get a good player, he's gone. He's gone, man. You happen to nail one in recruiting, he's out. OU. He better love the place. OU, I mean, Texas, Ohio State, they're all going after that kid. They're, and, and their collectives are calling him in September. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether Tulsa has a great running back. I, mean, I guess yeah. we'll see them in September. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the sake of this discussion – yeah, Tulsa nails a recruiting recruiting deal. Gets a kid that kind of was a late bloomer, right? And he comes in. Tulsa plays Ole Miss, and he runs for one forty seven on nineteen carries and had a couple of big time runs. And everybody sees it because Tulsa scared the hell out of Ole Miss, right? That that happens in college football. Sure, that kid's phone is lit up. Well, look by Sunday morning. He was injured and wasn't even necessarily their primary running back, but has all the talent in the world. Ulysses Bentley. 
It didn't even take the level you're talking about. People saw Bentley and went, oh, God, look what he's doing in that offense. Hey, yeah. ring, ring, ring. Yeah. Hey, I want to do it over here. Yeah. I'm going to be on ESPN at 645 on Saturday night instead of CBS Sports Network at 230? Of course. Done. And we'll give you whatever the NIL deal is yeah. to do nothing. Yeah. Just wear some shirts and do some stuff. Do a tweet sometime. Yeah. We'll even send you the tweet. Yeah. Give us your password and we'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I don't know how that changes everything. And we won't know for a while. I mean, it's a slow burn either way. Yeah, I mean, to the point of it being repetitive, I've said we're watching an experiment in real time, and I'm convinced we are. Yeah. Um, But the people that are screaming regulation I always found it interesting this is Kiffin and Saban were on Rich Eisen and Rich Eisen asked them well how would you fix it essentially I'm paraphrasing and they both were like I don't know it's kind of above my pay grade well it's got to be somebody well someone's going to have to attack it fellas if you're if you're going to quote fix it and I think that what that tells you is this isn't fixable this this exploded on us in a way that we didn't foresee which gets back to the original point, which is how in the hell did you not? And I kind of put these two things together. We'll do it in a second. First, I will uh, tell you about Northeast Spark in ESPRC, two packages, the 100 MBPS or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and more, and also if you know of an area that uh, does not have internet in Union or Pontiac counties, Northeast Spark trying to help them out as well. So give them a call, 662-238-3159. I'll have a mailbag up tomorrow at rebelgrove.com. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can get in touch with Whitney at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles, great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Uh, Euros, wraps, kebabs, fresh redfish, lamb chops, Handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio. All of that at 306 South Lamar, just south of the Square Courthouse in Oxford. Brought to you by Regency Travel Incorporated, our friend John Edwards. Get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. And let him give you options to make your special trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901 494-3387 494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle, which is home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. I feel a little nervous when you say the word 401k these days. Your heart kind of skips a beat. You feel something in the pit of your stomach. Uh, if They'll sit down with you. They'll conduct complimentary, no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Uh, make sure you tell them that you heard about them at um, the Oxford Exxon podcast. It's mypinwealth.com. And we're brought to you by the College Corner. <clears throat> it's your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. 
Go to College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Podcast also brought to you by Style Assembly. Back with us for uh, Mother's Day coming up, graduation this weekend. Look at it just off the square by Blind Pig and Frock. Oxford's newest women's boutique, clothing, jewelry, shoes, purses, art, sunglasses, and more. Kate up all over Grove subscriber and the team. Know that shopping for ladies is often difficult and time-consuming, but they'll help you out. A couple different options for that. They've got the wish list where uh, ladies can come in or just call, complete with sizes, colors, create the list. Guys can come in, choose something off the list, and make it easy in that way. And they recommend gift cards. And right now, if you're a Rebel Grove subscriber or a podcast listener, Style Assembly will add 10% to any gift card purchase coming up here this week. Again, busy weekend, so make it easy. Get a gift for the, uh, the person you love there with Style Assembly. You can give a call at 662-638-3163. It's on North Lamar, 203 North Lamar in Oxford. Also, shopstyleassembly.com. You know, people in the they're, – they're having a – it started out as a Hugh Freeze debate, and now there's some talk about Kiffin, and Daniel Cotto says, I feel like Kiffin is happier with transfers. He treats them like free agents, talks money, and if they say no, he moves on. He hates begging an 18-year-old kid to come play for him. I don't know that it's exactly that. I think, to be frank, the 18-year-old kids that he thinks are good enough to come play for him now, I don't think he feels like they can compete in that marketplace. I don't think he feels like they can make a competitive bid. Yeah. I think, okay, it's, it's two things. It's, A, yeah, look, if they could recruit the top 30 players in the country, they would. I mean, any, any anyone would if that if you had the ability to do that. You're not going to neglect that part of you – don't, you don't neglect that part of recruiting. Right. That, that is how you build rosters. And they're not. They are recruiting those kids, but – The other side is he also relates really well to a portal kid. Those things can be true without being the reason that one is, is is not the other. I do think that he prefers and really likes the portal kid because it's just business at that point. Come in, play, yeah. do all those things. But he's not neglecting high school recruiting because of that personality. I think the, the, the transfer kids, are they've already been through it. They've seen the sausage get made. Their families have been through it. There's a little less bullshit and more just, okay, here's what we can do. Here's how we can. Here's how we can help you. We think you can help us. It's more transactional. Less small talk, right? It's the guy that goes to the car dealer and goes, I want this. I don't really care to have a conversation about your mama and them. I want this truck. I'm willing to pay this amount. Good? I think that's lame. But, I mean, look, if it took him doing the Brian Kelly dance to get the number three player in the country. I think dance, he would do it. Yeah, yeah, he would dance. There's just, I mean, there's no well, doubt look, There's it. a reason that Nick Saban's bitching about this as much as he is. It's because it has changed the recruiting landscape for Alabama. Well, sure. That's that's all that is. It's not this altruistic, oh, I'm worried about the game crap. Come right. On. No. Now, when he talks big picture, I think you listen to him because – he could never win another game, and he's good. But he's bitching about it and talking about it as much as he's talking about it because for the first time in a decade, they're having a hard time. And they're going to be fine, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're the odds-on favorite to win the national title this year. But. What do you think about this? I just got sent this. Okay. In a taxi months ago. I thought it was interesting. 
I've got to put more thought into it, but it, it resonated. Is there the argument? And again, this is... Be a little... Again, we're speaking to diehard college football fans for the most part, and I understand that, yes, you find this very interesting. I, mean, I think Ryan has a good point that it does elongate the news cycle for college football, which in theory is a good thing in that in that scope of, of, of talking about things. What the NFL does, great because of these type of conversations. But again, everybody has the ability. Everybody, you're, you're, it's, it's different. But here, we talk about basketball being a niche sport, college basketball, mm-hmm. all the time, March. Is it because fans don't know the players and they're all one-year mercenaries in most places and they're not building rosters? Certainly a lot Is of it. Is attendance hurt because of those things? Sure. The days of sure, the Mike White and the you know, Provine Posse and Keith and all those guys, and that's no longer a thing, and well, you've look, got these guys in, coming in and whatnot. I grew up in Ruston. I got to watch Carl Malone for three years. Got to develop, see. They don't. Yeah. Basketball especially, you're seeing faces all the time. You're seeing these guys. You're seeing, you know, development. They go from – you know, six man as a freshman to a starter to an All American or whatever those those rises were for whatever. Now, especially with the portal in basketball, I mean, it's just in and out. And, I mm-hmm. mean, you're th- sure. th- there's never a emotional tie to a basketball player hardly anymore. Doesn't happen. I mean, you know, a, a Ruffin or a Morell at Ole Miss that hangs around or what? You know, I guess Ruffin would be a better example because he's not the NBA prospect potentially. To be a star and not be an NBA prospect or somebody who at least contemplates leaving early. That's a that's a tight window. That's a very specific type of prospect you have right there. And no, there's no doubt. I, I think over time that's hurt the sport compared to when we talk about the heyday of the nineties when you had, you know, those Grand Hill teams and they're hanging out for four years. You're hey, that's the faces of programs. Sure. It's why college athletics more than ever is the head coach is the face and everything else is just somebody putting a, a piece of laundry on for a little while. Yeah, well, I mean, Look at some of these football teams that have gone so heavy in the transfer portal. I mean, they're, what was the story of the spring? Hey, I want to come see these all these new guys. Who are these guys, right? I don't know. In the fall, if it works. If you win, everyone still comes. If you lose, I don't know. Is it, I, I keep talking myself into the same argument that I'm not really sure things have changed as much as we think they have. It just is what it is. I could be wrong. I mean – your original point is one that I, I've, I've got to really ponder. I, I, I do, I do wonder how many people look. The more something becomes corporate, the less emotional attachment is with that product. Shopping at the grocery, anything that is sure. just life. That doesn't make it wrong, but that does make it different. Sure. And on a sport that thrives off emotion, yeah, be careful. Oh, sure. Be careful. Sure. I mean, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Stuck around as a theory for a long time. You're you're playing with it. But it's done now. Yeah, tightening it up is going to be a chore. I I don't see how you could do it. The pushback you would get immediately would you'd have to be somebody who did not you had to be somebody who thoroughly understood the ecosystem of college athletics financially culturally socially everything and frankly somebody who benefits from it it would require greg sankey 
Yeah, but if you're Greg Sankey, how would you walk in and go, I'm going to... Well, that's I'm, my point. Going, it's not... I'm no, going my, to limit income? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I get it. I'm just saying there's only a small handful of people that even would have the ability to have the conversation. Sure. No, I mean, if I'm the NCAA, I've told you this, he'd have to say no to me a handful of times. And he probably would. The bloviators on Twitter, the national media griping about this, what do they want it to look like? Because they want the kids to get paid, but then bitch how they get paid. So, Do they really want the kids to get paid? But they, they say it. So well, like, because, but, well, but in a written argument. But it's socially unacceptable right. to say that you don't. But my point is, in a written argument, what, what, do they, what, would, what, are they, what would they draw out? What do they want it to look like? Do they want a cap on it? Well, I don't, I don't, I've told you this. I don't think those people understand money. I've always told you that. Most journalists don't understand money at all. And so to them, we will just print more money. Okay, then pay the Title IX people that money. It's not there. If you're the AD at the University of Minnesota, you've got an athletics budget. That's your budget. It's real. It's a real number. And the collective has a certain amount, like William Liston and the, the Grove Collective have X dollars. X is a real number right now, I'm assuming. It's not a fantasy number. He can't just go, oh, you know what? All right, uh, hey, let's give, let's give Addison $3.2 million and a house. Well, you don't have it. That's okay. Just promise it to him. And maybe some of that's happening out there. Kids are getting promised money that they don't get. And that's the next story cycle. Hey, I'm leaving Texas because they told me I'd get a million bucks and I got a, a cup of coffee and a oh. and a donut. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. 100%. I mean, that hurt a certain program in the SEC that's not far from here. For a while, they made some promises on the recruiting trail that didn't come to fruition. And there were some tentacles to that. But now there's contracts, right? The contracts are written. But they're loose, though. Yeah. The people paying the money are writing the contracts. Sure. These kids don't have attorneys reviewing them for the most part. Yet another thing, and maybe nothing's changed. Maybe maybe it's still the exact same sport. I bet there are outs everywhere in Nico's contract. There can't be performance basis but I bet there are outs. Oh, I, I mean, I talk to people who've read the contract. It's it's loaded with outs. Yeah. In a way, it's a PR stunt. In a way. Anyway, he's going to get some money. Don't get me wrong. But there's a PR element to it. It's positive and negative. I mean, you got the Tennessee kids going, oh, wow, where Tennessee's really whatever. But the same recruits go, hey, well, I think I'm as good as Nico. Where's my $8 million? Sure. Well, that's absolutely happening. Yeah. And someone has to look a kid in the eye and go, you're not worth $8 million. We don't have it. That's a hard thing to do in recruiting when you're trying to get the kid. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, I think a lot of the national media people think just just pay everybody. Their answer is, we'll take money away from the coaches. Trim the fat on these staffs. Do you really need 40 recruiting analysts? Do you really need 32 associate ADs for – external 
whatever. Yeah, sure. Do you really need that? Because that's eighty thousand dollars in benefits that you could give to the volleyball team. I don't know. I don't know what people think, but I think that's what they think. I think they think it's just money. Make more. That's a good point. Are we going to get within the next eighteen months? Will a player sue a collective over non-payment? I guess if you if you said my guess would be yes. You would go yes over no. Think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, prob- probably. I mean, where's the Tom Mars for uh, NIL oh, I, suits against collectives? That, I'm interested. I, I would love to actually talk to a couple of attorneys and see whether you think that was a good cottage industry to jump into. Is that doable? That yeah. a player doesn't feel or like are the he contracts got, so loosely written that when yeah, because you, you would require almost like a good faith argument as much as a. Well, that's why the kid, if you're a kid right now, if let's say you're a Nico Iamaliva, don't you want an agent to vet these contracts? Don't oh. you want to hire an agent? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you want to get, go, hey, read that and make sure that they can't screw me. I don't think Jimmy wants to branch out. <laughs> no, nah, Jimmy's good. I don't think he. <laughs> I don't think. But there might be some younger attorney that goes, hey, this is something. I'm Makes gonna, sense. I'm gonna get in on the bottom on the ground floor on this. Yeah. Because there's no question, a zero chance that there's not schools out there lying to kids, collectives out there lying to kids, well, most in, intending to screw the kid. Yeah, they're just trying to get a signature right now. Whatever, great, sounds good. The first payment's good. The second payment's probably good. The third payment, I don't know. Got some stuff here. <laughs> Oh, you had six picks on third Saturday? I don't know. Yeah. Look at that out clause. Huh? Fine print at the bottom. It's an invisible. So you failed a drug test. Automatic. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Lord help. I don't know. Well, like, what happens to Eli? I mean, Eli Ricks got arrested over the weekend. Okay. I didn't say that, but okay. Yeah, speeding, no insurance, marijuana first offense. Okay. If someone wanted to get out of the nil deal with him would that be enough yeah, he violated the morals clause like man. Said, there's going to be morals clauses in there because of criminal activity sure i mean that would be a pretty loose yeah i mean he's st- something tells me he's just going to run a little bit and it's going to be all right. still going to be a lockdown corner yeah i don't know I'll tell you what is coming, and it will not go over well, but some coach after a game, he's going to lose a game, and he's going to be still kind of emotional about it five, six, eight, ten minutes later, mm-hmm. and he is going to blame it on NIL. Well, that's not going to be good. It's coming. I mean, that will be the second dumbest NIL comment after Chip Kelly saying they're not an NIL program. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> not going to go over well. Hey, chill. It's coming. We can't compete with them NIL. We can't compete with their payroll. That's coming. Ooh. That's interesting. It's got a message. Why don't you just add buyouts to the NILs? I guess you could. That's actually... I get $8 million, but we'll pay you 200000 to, to go away. this. Yeah. Takes out the liability. I mean, it wouldn't be worth it on smaller deals. But I don't hate that. That makes sense. 
I doubt most of them have buyouts. I mean, I'm... Because a buyout on a player makes it look like you're expecting a negative result. We have NIL deals. I mean, yeah. I, I'm trying to... You don't have a buyout. There's exit clauses, but there's no buyout. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And the exit clause can't be, hey, you're just not as good as we thought you'd be. Yes, you only had four tackles and not eight. <laughs> it's not a reason for a buyout clause, which is the problem <laughs> at this. Yes. <laughs> That's your phone blowing up? Yeah. You, you got people charged up this morning. Yeah, everybody's talking. Are they mostly agreeing with your, your yeah, premise? No, yeah, just running through scenarios. Are they mostly agreeing yeah, with your yeah. premise, though, that the the, the lack – that, that but it, Differing levels of how big of a problem, but like, that it is a but, problem. But the yes. fact that the plausible deniability is gone now. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yes. The lack of secrecy is an issue, as crazy as that is. Yes. I mean, I can see it. I understand to, yeah. a, to a degree. Right. One of the things people love about pro sports is that there is transparency in it. But it's parody. It's equal transparency. Sure. That's what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you're, now you are Because even the Rays play by the same rules. Sure. The problem here is you feel like the rules are different. Because they are. Right. That's, we're not just talking small market club. Well, there's nothing stopping the Pittsburgh Pirates from going, all right, well, we're going to... We're going to spend $800 million. Here, Carlos Correa... Yes. No. They could buy a team this offseason if they wanted to. And they have revenue sharing and they have all yeah, that's of those my point. things. The, you know, the, was, the same money comes in collectively. It's in like I was way. listening to Sam Presti, the Thunders GM, and he was talking about how you know we're going to be careful with doing anything big until 2023 because the new collective bargaining agreement will come into play and we want to see what all is in the sure. CBA. yeah. That doesn't exist in college sports. Yeah. There is no CBA. Right. There is no revenue share. I guess there is revenue sharing inside of a conference to a, to a degree. But not the same thing. But, you know, I mean, if you're the, if you're the Dallas Mavericks and you go add two superstars to your team, well, you're going to pay luxury tax. Right. And there's a repeater penalty and all of that stuff. That There's incentive for the Mavericks to go, okay, we're going to chase the title. But then we've got to scale this back to get underneath the, the cap. Yes. None of that existed. USC, there is no cap. Right. They can go whatever they, they want. They can go whatever they want. And so if they go get Jordan Addison and he comes over there and, and, and he's a guy that in this athletic draft for next year, the first projection, he's projected as a first-round pick. So if he comes in and, and he's this elite wide receiver that the cat at Oregon State can't guard, and suddenly USC goes from being an eight-win program to, nope, they're in the playoff. Well, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You can do it again. Yeah. And there are only a handful of programs that have that kind of resource. I, that's my point about Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss could ever get to that place. I don't think that's a realistic ask. And if that's what it takes, well, then you're no longer a contender. Yeah, and I, I'm going to find something in the middle of this break for that. We'll, we'll come back to that in a second because I need to find a statement from that Dellinger story. I'll look for it in a second. Okay. Um podcast brought to you in part by prime shrimp prime get restaurant quality shrimp delivered straight to your door four different flavor options they've got the uh, french quarter alfredo the garlic herb, herb butter that is their newest flavor the louisiana shrimp bowl a little spicier option for those who like that or the signature that works for really everything i mean you make salads with it do that a lot a lot of different things there with the signature and the louisiana shrimp bowl Straight to your door, primeshrimp.com, money-back guarantee, and with uh, code MPW, you get $20 off your first order. So take advantage of that. Again, primeshrimp.com.
podcast also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, but it's the same great products, same great services, same people. It's getting uh, muggy out there. You know what comes next, the heat. If you have not really tested that AC yet to make sure that it can kind of handle the heat wave, now's a really good time to get in touch with the people at Comer and Southern. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or uh, that area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford has been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. It's all there at Lamons. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Brought to you by ACS. ACS is owned by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. It has a full, full-time full dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more about ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. Warm-up patches used before or while you drink. Overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next place. So go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. As the weather heats up, so do the deals from Dead Soxy. Dead Soxy's mystery box is the ultimate Mother's Day deal. Get 20 pairs of socks for only $70 with code REBELGROVE. In addition to this incredible deal, use REBELGROVE for 35% off site-wide. So go to deadsoxy.com, stock up on your favorite no-shows or dress socks, and step into warmer weather in style. As always, stay soxy. Podcast also brought to you by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis, so you can look on underwriting and understand your market Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. So reading from Dellinger here. Um, and again, we know A&M's done crazier things, but kind of take that out of the mind at the moment because that's so ridiculous that it's not relevant to, frankly, other anybody other than maybe what USC is at least attempting to do. Okay. Um. This one's interesting. So this is from Dellinger. It's again, story at sportsillustrated.com. Some collectives are growing so quickly they've opened offices. Others have partnered with media entities to reserve space for podcasts and commercial shoots. That's other ways that are saying that players are quid pro quoing them back. Belzer has people on the ground at many of his collective sites, including Success with Honor at Penn State, and the group has attempted to build a more sustainable model than having a small handful of millionaires giving seven figures each year. The goal is to get 10,000 Penn State fans to contribute $10 to $500 each month, the crowdsourcing that everybody's trying to do. Those numbers look better on paper than people actually being able to do it. I mean, that we, we know that from subscriptions and different things. That You can do that in a conference room, but it doesn't really pan out. You know, it, It's why Clemson, I think, you know, that's how they've been that huge model of IPTE for so long, yeah. the I pay 10 a year, is that that was such a, a – success compared to how most of those have worked. And it says here, because I think Florida only had 2,200 subscribers to theirs, and that's Florida after whatever period of time. 
if run properly, Penn State or an SEC school should be able to generate five to ten million a year. To amass a top flight top flight signing class, admission into the recruiting game is roughly five million, says one source who consults with collectives. That's enough to supply an entire football team with a fifty thousand dollars salary per player. A lot of these collectives are going to be philanthropic and pay players ten thousand dollars a year, says the person. Others are playing a different game. Meaning they think they can at least get in the conversation team wide at fifty grand per player. Well, that's a number that I've heard bantied about. Yeah, but that's five to ten million. I mean, that's still a lot of money. Here's the question that they're going to have because it's the question that you and I always talk about, right? At your college football game, let's take let's take an Ole Miss game. Mm-hmm. Pick up pick an opponent for a home game. Go pick an opponent. You pick <laughs> Iowa State. All right. At an Ole Miss Iowa State game uh-huh. at Vault Hemingway Stadium, uh-huh. so let's say sixty thousand people were there. Sure. How many of those 60,000 people care enough to contribute beyond the ticket, beyond the experience? Here's your problem with that, too. It's, you know what I'm saying. But, but here's the point. 60,000 could mean only 35,000 families. Okay. So your number's already – Okay. Because sure. the, the husband and the wife are not paying separately. I mean, sure. there, there's lots of – Sure. Oh, but you're, you're starting to make my point. 15,000. Actually care enough. Because there's some that are just there. Yeah. It's a party. 15,000. Well, and some that go, hey, no, this is what I want. I just want to go to the games. Like, I'm, but, Not and, even the party, but just and some of those people, this is my support is this. Yes. Some of those people would argue, man, I'm already straining just to be here. Well, they are. Now you want more? It's asking a lot at some point. To me, I think that's what—that's the reality that some of the crowdsourcing theories theorists are going to have is that yes, on paper, oh yeah, all we have to do is get seven thousand people to give us twenty-two dollars and eight cents a month. Okay, but you got to get it. Got to go get them. And what's one of the first things that gets cut when someone gets hit with the tax? Anything. Tax bill, yeah. Um, bad month at the bad month in sales. Got to buy little Johnny a car. Well, and what do I get? You don't get shit, That's Chase. You don't like, get a damn thing. You don't even get your name anywhere for the most part. No, like you don't get anything. No. You're just asked to give more. Yeah. At the store, do you want to give more? You want to round up your your expense? The money goes to whoever. You like? Okay. Well, yeah. Now, where's this going? It's going to pay those players. You already, you already got in the car and drove four and a half hours at four bucks a gallon. Yeah. You had to get a place to stay. The kids wanted to eat. That was expensive. The tickets were expensive. Mm-hmm. You had to pay to park. I'm not talking about Ole Miss. Just pick your place. Yeah, 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 whatever. I'm not picking on Ole Miss here. Just no. name a place, whatever, in your mind, whatever. Make it Iowa or Cal or whoever the hell. You want more? Oh, hey, we need – by the way, can you give us $30 a month? Preferably more, but we'll take 30 to help help us buy players. Because that's what it is, to buy players. Yeah. A lot of people go, man, I'm just not doing that.
Well, I'm a little skeptical of the crowdsourcing thing. And I've told some people in the NIL game that I'm... It is a valuable tool. It is not a game changer. I think you're being optimistic. Yes. Yes. It's helpful. It... For some people, it will increase camaraderie and like they have a part in something that's important. Again, back to the initial conversations, we put a hook on it. Sure. That will help. Hey, no, I'm, I'm, I'm invested. Even if it's my 10 bucks, it's, it's the Alabama booster who gives the $10 a year, can't afford tickets, but they send him a Nick Saban autograph picture with the whatever on it, and he frames that bitch. He's included. Sure. He, he did something to count. Bob, thanks for helping. So if I'm the Grove Collective or I'm at Oklahoma or whatever, my head coach, I don't give a shit how many, if they subscribe and are giving money monthly, they're getting something from Lane Kiffin going, hey, because they can now. It's legal. Get his signature stamp and put it on a glossy. Yeah, thank you. You are part of the program. Yeah. It'd say something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Juice says hi. With the dog, that's fine. Put a put a paw print of that bitch on there. But juice putting the <laughs> pam right there. Can you there. imagine if Nick Saban had a dog and just stay. oh, and just carried the dog everywhere? Alabama fans would say, "Oh, he'd be a national mascot." I mean, that Saban should get a dog and name it Bear. Oh, they'd give you whatever. his stadium would be his they'd statue you, would grow a little bit. They'd give it? you whatever you wanted. Take that thing to Demopolis and Bessemer and. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> we didn't need the mock draft today. We'll probably need it tomorrow. We'll get to it then. There's plenty of stuff there. I will tell you what was interesting in the mock draft. The one thing I wanted to get to was Will Levis, the quarterback at Kentucky, is the number five pick in the way too early 2023 athletic draft. Yeah. The top senior quarterback in next year's class per the athletic we'll get into why that's kind of important tomorrow but yeah that that's 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 interesting because the kentucky game is the game that interests me the most on Ole miss's early schedule you and i were talking about this if someone if the football gods came down and could give you the result of one game and now i'm all in on the kentucky game because if levis is indeed a first round pick i want to see what Ole miss looks like against a quality quarterback um sec picks at two three four five and six. I know you're all shocked there. Stunned. Yes. Who's uh, the first pick? Stroud at Stroud at number one. Yeah. And then SEC guys from from there. So, all right. Have a good day. Uh, again, no midweek baseball. Have some uh, stuff up at rebelgrove.com. And then uh, next sporting event, Ole Miss uh, baseball against Missouri this weekend here in Oxford. Ole Miss softball took two out of three from number 12 Tennessee yesterday. They are up to like 36 and 15 on the season, something like that, for uh, Jamie Traxel, Traxel and her team. So, nonetheless, talk to you tomorrow.